0: This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Hope and Health. Appreciate being with us tonight. I'm Dr. Mark, your host. And I am not with my wife tonight. So we are dividing and conquering. She's doing a couple different things, and I'm doing a couple different things. So we thought we'd budget our time and knock out uh, two things at once. Actually, knowing us like four or five things at once. Um, we just appreciate you joining us tonight. And we're gonna go over a very important subject tonight that's gonna carry us into next week. So this is a four-part series. We're gonna cover two parts tonight, part one and part two, and then next week we're gonna cover part three and part four of this. Wonderfully powerful subject, how to prevent and reverse heart disease. And we want to thank all of our His glory nation out there from the, as Pastor Dave said, from the north, the south, the east and the west, wherever you are over the world. Thank you for joining us. Heart disease is indeed the number one killer. You're going to see tonight with some statistics that I'm going to show you that are quite shocking. And I want you to really catch this. So how do we prevent and Reverse heart disease. We're going to give you a strategy tonight that really is going to help you uh, really kill America's number one killer. But first of all, we got to really define the problem that is, and it's a major problem. When you look at the problem that is, and it's a, it's a big one. Uh, we really got to paint the picture clearly tonight, so you can really understand. So in part one, that's going to cover our first little section here tonight. We're going to go over the problem of heart disease and really define it where you can really get a grasp on it. So the first thing I want you to talk about tonight, I want to talk about is some statistics. And when you check this out, you can see that the death statistics, according to the CDC, you can see in the box to the left that heart disease is still the number one killer. And this goes to the top 10 leading deaths up to 2015. I did this for a reason because I want to give you some futuristic trends going forward up to the year 2025 in just a moment. But you can see heart disease... Uh, was killing 23.4% uh, of the Americans. It was number one, whereas cancer killed 22%. Now, when you think about this, that's a lot of people. But look at this trend right here, which I think is super shocking when you see. You will see the disease trend predictions. Now, notice left to right at the bottom graph, 2013 only the way to 2025. You notice the little dotted orange line kind of going from uh, 2013 slightly up 2025. That's population. So that's the population growth. Population is going to increase. So the futuristic predictions we see are not favorable. And now, when we see this, we see the stroke and cardiovascular disease increasing over this time, but it's at disproportionate rates. In other words, it's growing faster than the population. So basically, even though the number per death, as we saw on the previous slide, per 100,000 was slightly decreased, the number of cases of cardiovascular disease uh, will actually increase stroke and cardiovascular disease. So that's not what we want to see, right? So we know that we may not be dying quite as much, but we're getting it more. So that means there's going to be faster population growth with more people sick over time with heart disease than we can even imagine. Now, if you look this, like bring it right to current, you're going to see the stats are going to shock you. Check this out as we're defining the problem in part one of our how to prevent and reverse heart disease. Check this out. Someone dies every 34 seconds in America of heart disease. Every 40 seconds, a person in the U.S. actually has a heart attack. Think about that as we go through this show. I mean, wow. 2200 to 2500 Americans die from heart disease each day. Every single day, folks. At least a quarter million people die of heart attacks each year before they even reach the hospital. And 610 people die of heart disease in the United States every year. Every year. Not one year, not two years. Every year. And we're worried about coronavirus? Folks, we got to really think about what we're doing here because heart disease stats are shocking. What have we done to really correct this dilemma? Because I guess medicine's doctor's been on this, but check this out. Do we really think this works? And given us two reasons, two things to do, well, dietary fat must be the cause because fat elevates cholesterol. So that's going to just, let's lower the fat, and that will help us with plaque buildup. We also have big pharma. So if cholesterol causes heart disease, well, let's just take a drug that lowers cholesterol. And as you can see, Crestor, at the bottom a popular, well-known cholesterol-lowering drug, is a $6 billion industry. There's 21.5 million prescriptions per across the country in this. Shocking, isn't it? Do these strategies really work? I think when you you look at this, these questions really got to be answered and we got to be honest about the questions. So here's a few questions we want to ask ourselves is do these strategies, lowering fat because fat causes buildup of cholesterol and lowering cholesterol with statin drugs, those two strategies, do they really work? Here are some questions we should ask. Is heart disease still the number number one killer? The answer is yes. Is lowering cholesterol the answer? Well, obviously, if it's still the number one killer, the answer is no. How about reducing fat because fat elevates cholesterol? Is that the answer? Well, no, we can't say it is. And do statin drugs, the ones that actually lower cholesterol, we know that that's not the answer, but do they also have some negative side effects? Actually, they do, and it's crazy to think about. So, When we talk about these stats concerning these normal remedies, we are blown away with the things that are actually showing up. Check out these statistics of what happens when we follow these remedies of reducing fat and lowering cholesterol. Check this out. We know with this strategy and weighing it out with the questions we just asked, what happens when we employ these normal remedies? Well we see here about 50% of the persons or patients who have had a heart attack or stroke have normal cholesterol. So obviously in half the group that had heart attacks, normal cholesterol was there. So that obviously is not an answer. It's not effective anyway. So we also see the second bullet point, approximately 50% of patients that had emergency room cardiovascular visits that resulted in death had normal or less normal cholesterol levels. So if 50% of the people that had these visits had normal or less normal levels and died, folks, that's not cutting it either, is it? Check this one out. People who have had cardiovascular events and that have normal cholesterol have high levels of chronic systemic inflammation and endothelial injury. Well, wait a minute. So could systemic inflammation and endothelial injury, whatever that is, be the real cause? We'll dive into that and find out in just a moment, because I believe it probably is. Note that each year, heart disease and stroke cost our nation $316 billion. What could we do with that? These statistics should make you scratch your head and ask the profound question, why? With cholesterol drugs being massive business and big pharma being such a controller, let's just dive into some statistical analysis that these prescription drug companies actually use. And they, they, they're they brilliant at it because they go into doctor's office and they'll say things like, we have a study here that shows that cardiovascular events were reduced by 50% using this particular statin drug. Is that true? Yeah, it depends on how you look at it. But let's have a look at some statistical analyses, just so you can understand the way it's done and understand the lingo. Because I want you to catch this. These are important stats to really understand right here. Check out this graph, and this is going to be it. So we're going to look at how, how drug trials are composed and how statistics can be manipulated. So let's explain this by a step-by-step analysis. So on the left... You see your statin group. This is a group of people, 1,000 middle-aged, healthy men, that have been given statin drugs. And we see in the right, the placebo group. These are 1,000 healthy men who's given a placebo. And so the bottom line is that these 2,000 people that are in this group over this five-year period, they're given pills that they don't really know if they're statin drugs or not. That's why they call it a placebo, and they that's why it's a random double-blind uh Study. So they're both blinded and it's random. Okay. Now you can see in both of those boxes on the left and right upper parts of the diagram, both of these groups were followed for five years. Now the statin group, go over there to the left. You will see going down after five years, 1% of that group or 10 people had a non fatal heart attack. So 10 people out of the statin drug that were taking statin drugs. 10 people had a non-fatal heart attack. Okay? So, let's go to the other one. Placebo group. Paula, for five years, 2% had a non-fatal heart attack. So, we know in that group, 20 people had a non-fatal heart attack. So, we have 20 people in the placebo group that had a non-fatal heart attack and 10 people in the statin group that had a non-fatal heart attack. So, instead of using what we would think would be this absolute risk, which says... This, you see in the middle, from 2% chance with no drug to 1% chance with a drug. That's all they work. So in the statin drug group, they didn't work 99% of the time, as you can see. And you see at the bottom, when you get right down to the hardcore stats, 1% of the population, 10 people of the statin drug benefited. Therefore, as you move to the right the number needed to treat was 100 people taking statin drugs in order to prevent one cardiac event. But that's not what they use when the drug companies market. They come in and say, well, we have 20 in one group, 10 in the other, so it reduced it by 50%. That is called relative risk, folks. So relative risk is what's followed. And they'll trick these doctors, they trick uh, people, they trick us to believing through these commercials, but it doesn't work. So in part one, I've just went through and defined the problem. Heart disease, these statistics are horrible. 600,000 people die a year. Not cool. What we're doing to lower fat, to take statin drugs as well, is not working. It's big business and we know there's trickery in marketing. So when we get right back in part two, we're going to talk about some true causes and culprits. What really creates this damage? that we talk about this endothelial damage or inflammation that really is the cause of heart disease. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Many people know about our clinic, but most don't realize we help patients around the globe reach their health goals. Deep down, you know there's got to be a way to get there, but you don't know where to start. Our starter plan is the first step. You'll get everything you need to experience a health transformation in 120 days.
0: You'll start by resetting your health with a two-week detox. Then you'll implement our proven anti-inflammatory food plan. On top of this, you'll get a 120-day supply of essential supplements, omega-3, and vitamin D-K, as well as our homeopathic drops to accelerate your health goals. Go to Sherwood.tv now and use promo code HOPEHEALTH to receive this exclusive offer and save a total of $80. This is your path to more energy and better health. So what really causes heart disease? The first two, you know, age and family history, those are factors of heart disease that we really can't do anything about. You know, obviously some of us may want to or wish we could, but we're kind of stuck with those, age and our families but we do have control over the rest. Blood pressure, how we take care of our pressure. Salt intake, is it influencing our blood pressure? Stress, is it influencing our blood pressure? Our life, are we inactive? Did you know that sitting is the new smoking? A cause of heart disease. What about smoking in and of itself? Smoking a cigarette contains about 4,000 carcinogens. Carcinogens are cancer-causing. Not only that, they cause heart disease. Diabetes, we can control whether or not we get type 2 diabetes. Whether or not we are overweight or obese. Obesity contributes to heart disease. Cholesterol, as well as endothelial inflammation. That is inflammation of the inner lining of your arteries. The real troublemaker. So what really causes endothelial or the inner lining inflammation of your arteries that leads to vascular disease? Who's really responsible? There's a long, long list of these unsavory characters and players. Let's visit them.
1: Unsavory is the real word to describe these heinous creatures of her society right now who is this who is that that is Ronald McDonald force feeding a baby a burger now he's progressed now he's beginning to hold a gun to people's head and say eat those fries but thankfully Ronald like most of America gained weight and now he can't chase you and you can run away and you really really should
0: So who is this? He has come for your soul.
1: (laughs) I love this person. Little diabetes. Or as they say in Oklahoma, little diabetes. You got to have the Oklahoma dialect from time to time. By the way, type 2 diabetes needs to go away like a bad headache.
0: (laughs) So what's this? Isn't this the real thing? Diet soda can be as bad as meth amphetamines. Mm. We all know that sugar acts on the center in the brain that crack cocaine works on. So getting hooked up on sugar, sugary soda pop or diet soda pop is working on that central place in your brain like crack cocaine.
1: So is it really the real thing? Well, we know that there's absolute 1,000% unequivocal truth in advertising, don't we? Truly, we have to have real food for a real lifestyle. And there you have it. Sugared up tea and pizza. Awesome. But really, when you cross it out and really name it for what it is, it's really bad food. Not food at all. We could probably say real poison for your death. That would be an equivalent of that advertisement from a truthful standpoint.
0: Oh, you always eat healthy, do you? Donuts just can't be bad. Well, tell me, how did you get on the preferred customer list at Krispy Kreme?
1: Speaking of Krispy Kreme, they came out with this new doll. It's called a Barbie doll. And uh, obviously, she's not in the uh, slim figure anymore. Too many donuts, I believe.
0: Bottom line is, you know, a little fun just to kind of bring reality to the table. And perhaps an apple a day just might keep the doctor away and keep you out of the hospital.
1: And if you do end up in the hospital, guess what will happen? You're gonna be crammed, chock full of all kinds of health food. It's true. It's amazing, the food that's in our hospital that creates inflammation, heart disease, and diabetes. Can someone say, duh, yeah. what are we doing? You know why? Our, our theory suggests that perhaps we are serving food to please people instead of heal them. And all of us need to take a step back and understand that principle from what we're doing in all of our lives. Are we feeding food to ourselves to please ourselves versus heal ourselves? Are we feeding food to our children to please them versus heal them? And finally, might not be popular for the grandparents out there, but It's truthful. Are we feeding food to our grandkids to please them and make them love us as opposed to healing them and teaching them life more than a life lesson? Greatest gift you can give somebody is life, and life is lesson, and lessons are life. So we need to learn to teach our, our families and ourselves and even our world to stay out of this pit, this place that you see on the screen behind us. We don't need to be there. We're grateful for acute care. But we don't need to take up residence there every other year or every other month for something. Would we all agree?
0: So seriously, what can we do to avoid this number one killer? We all get one skin bag and we're in it. One human temple that we get to take care of. Which means we've got to learn to understand our individual risk markers and to employ a true remedy to prevent and reverse heart disease. So let's get into a little bit of the science so we can employ a true remedy.
1: The first one, uh, we, we underestimate the importance of this measure body composition, or let's say, better said, central adiposity or central obesity. This is a big deal. We have become normal in our culture that we believe things such as this. Well, I'm getting older, I guess I'm just gaining weight because I'm getting older. We want to encourage everyone that's here tonight and listening that getting older is not synonymous from a normal capacity of weight gain. It's not, that's not normal. As a matter of fact, it's very abnormal. That's why body composition rather than scale weight is the proper way to go. When body composition is in a, is proper alignment, men between 10 and 20% and women between 18 and 28%, there's a lot of data out there that indicates we use less medications and we're more healthy because we're not carrying around the central adiposity which creates inflammation. So this is an a underutilized biomarker, if you will, for health. And we've gotta get off the scales, folks, to determine if we're a good person or a bad person. I see plenty of slim people that are very, very sick, and I see plenty of people that are just a little bit overweight that are very, very healthy. It's all about body composition and working our system to create life, to create life. So we're gonna dive in a little bit deeper now to some real serious complex, which we're gonna make simple, other biomarkers. So as you're looking at the screen
0: in front of you, that's an artery, and on your left-hand side, that's a very healthy artery. And as you're moving towards the right-hand side, you will start to see that artery get sicker and sicker. The inner lining of that artery is what's called the endothelium, the inner lining of the vascular structure. And every day, all of your blood is pumping through your arteries from the tip of your toes to the top of your head. And that endothelial lining may become injured. You can see at the far left-hand side where it's starting to build up something called plaque. And plaque equals atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries, which is also known as heart disease. These risk factors, these markers that we can measure in your blood, give us an idea whether or not you are at risk for disease, have the disease, and if the disease is active, kind of where you are in the progression of hardening of the arteries. So we actually can predict what long-term outcome may be if we don't control the standard American diet and lifestyle. So each one of these lab values and these markers that we're gonna go through and talk to you about represent an individual risk marker. So we're gonna dive deep into each one of these potentially deadly markers so that you can come to understand not just your body composition but what's going on inside in real time.
1: Now, we want everyone to really get this tonight, so we're gonna be very diligent about each marker. The words are complex, but the result is not. Okay, the words are complex, the result is not. The first one is called F2 isoprostanes. Basically, it's a prostaglandin compound that is formed from a free radical. Okay, free radicals, too many in our system, create damage. And it's the oxidation of something called arachidonic acid. All that said, it's cellular damage. It's oxidative damage. So arachidonic acid is required by your body to make muscles and also for basic functioning. So we need it. However, too much can be harmful and can drive the production of this F2 isoprostane compound. Our body can make its own arachidonic acid from foods such as egg yolks and even some red meat. So there is some benefit, but too much can become a problem because if we get too much of this damage or arachidonic acid in our cells, our blood vessels constrict, which causes our blood pressure to go up, promotes more blood clotting, and that can result in a heart attack or stroke under certain conditions. So... When this is elevated, it's the very beginning of sort of a plaque buildup, and research does show that high levels of these S2-isoprostames indicate a 30% more likelihood to develop heart disease. So if we see these things, this is one of our urine markers, then we know there's trouble afoot. This is like the first thing that goes, wow, we've got problems. Another way to look at it, if we look at the pictures, and we got to be honest about this, we know that increased exercise and better nutrition will indeed reduce oxidative damage. and As well as inactivity and even poor food choices in our lifestyle habits will increase oxidative damage. So there is a lot of benefit to exercising right, sleeping right, resting right, and taking the right foods. And it's interesting to note too that the arachidonic acid measurement that we see many times measured also in another part of this blood work which we won't talk about tonight is in the fatty acid section and personally i have done and i know we could, dr michelle would concur hundreds of these tests hundreds of these tests over the last several years probably even a thousand it's that many arachidonic acid elevation is i think it's been in every one that i've looked at everyone i can't recall one that it wasn't can you
0: no too many breads grains yep omega 6s
1: we underestimate the damage of the standard American lifestyle in in regard to cellular health. Mm -hmm.
0: So oxidized LDL, this is actually a measure of protein damage due to oxidation. It's one of the first steps when the endothelial lining becomes injured, LDL cholesterol can get underneath that endothelial lining, in those cracks, in those fissures, and it triggers inflammation. Inflammation will activate your immune system. Your immune system will come to the rescue, and it creates what are called foam cells. So foam cells will try to eat up this stuff underneath the lining of your arteries to protect you. And they become fat on what's getting underneath the endothelial lining, and they begin to die. The body starts to produce excess amounts of triglycerides, which actually will put an individual at risk for metabolic syndrome in the next five years. And metabolic syndrome is the precursor to type 2 diabetes. So when our arteries get under stress and oxidation begins to elevate, then it sets up that inflammatory syndrome of metabolic syndrome predisposing us to type 2 diabetes. Oxidized LDL is also associated with increased abdominal obesity, increased triglyceride levels, and high blood sugar. It may be twice as good at helping your doctor know if you are actually at risk for heart disease as any one of the traditional cholesterol blood markers. Oxidized LDL. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.